Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we've got a great program for you today. I don't have a guest as much as I have a message for you. Uh, We're going to be talking about the subject of legalism. Recently, I was looking through some files on my computer, and I found a clip from a sermon uh, from my old pastor, Bob Bixby. Not that he's old, but he's not my pastor anymore. Maybe I should have said former pastor, uh, Bob Bixby, about legalism. And I thought, man, this was great, and and I wanted to use it on a podcast, and I just kind of forgot about it. So we're talking probably 10 years have passed. Uh, since I first uh, edited this little message down. And so I recently talked to Bob, and he gave me permission to use this. And so I'm going to use it now. I talked about lib- uh, excuse me, legalism is the slippery slope. Legalism is the slippery slope. Usually, we talk about legalism. And I come from a legalistic background, and it's something I still fight today. And it's probably something you fight as well. We all have standards, extra-biblical standards, that sometimes we want to define our faith by. I am a good Christian because I go to church, because I read so much of the Bible every day, because I pray so much, because I don't do this or I do do this. And we all have a little Pharisee within us that kind of wants to define the faith by certain uh, points, not doctrine, not things that are actually found in the Bible, but things that we think should be in the Bible because of the things that are in the Bible. We're little Pharisees. And so sometimes the legalist will say, well, you can't do X, Y, and Z because that's a slippery slope and that'll lead you into sin. So what you're doing may not be sin, but it'll lead you that way, lead you in that direction. I was told that Steve Green music would lead me into the sin of contemporary Christian music and get me into stuff. Or maybe you heard as a woman, if you wear pants, that's going to a slippery slope that'll lead you into uh, immorality. Or if you're uh, attending a movie theater or, or whatever it is, that's just a slippery. Even if it's a good movie, that'll slide you into, and you can't drink at all. You can't drink alcohol at all because you know, even though the Bible says you, you, you can't be drunk, well, if one, one sip leads in that direction. And so I think this message was really helpful. It spoke to me, and I'm sure um, it will to you as well. So this is the message from Pastor Bob Bixby. He was at uh, Morningstar Church in Rockford, and now he's at Redeemer. He's the pastor of Redeemer Church out in Fremont, California. I'll give you a link for that as well. So I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into Bob Bixby and his message, Legalism is the Slippery Slope. For freedom, this is Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So I want to talk about legalism and the slippery slope because one of the most common arguments that we will get from the, um, the, the more conservative side, if you will, is that we are on the slippery slope. I've heard that hundreds of times. I've heard that thousands of times my entire life. Um, well, if you start doing this, then this is going to happen. It's the camel's nose in the tent argument. You know, if you get the camel, if the camel gets his nose just in the tent, you're toast. He's going to move in, okay? That's the camel's nose in the tent argument. And it's a slippery slope. If you get going on that slippery slope, you're, you're down. Well, what is the slippery slope, and is that a good argument? 
So I want to discuss that first and then discuss music secondly as if we have time. There is a very insightful statement that I want to start out with and I want you to read this closely because this has been proven in history and why I argue that the, the, the conservative side is not looking at the big picture. Here it is on the screen. The man who today forbids what God allows, tomorrow will allow what God forbids. End quote. R.B. Kuyper. Let me say that again. The man who today forbids what God allows, tomorrow will allow what God forbids. The fact of the matter is that the more legalistic and stringent and tight-controlled churches are, the more they are losing their next generations. uh, They're leapfrogging over the middle and going over to uh, extreme left. I know this for a fact. I have hundreds of friends, hundreds of friends, and that's loosely, you know, that's kind of loosely from intimate to Facebook. You know what I mean? I've got hundreds of friends that, have, uh, that I know and have followed the trajectory of their lives who uh, grew up in uh, this doctrine of legalism and these conceptions of worldliness and who have completely abandoned it and gone way to uh, an extreme licentiousness and, and worldliness. <laughs> and it's been proven in history. The most stringent churches have often the most trouble with immorality. And a lot of that is anecdotal, but it is, it is um, it's proven over and over and over again. In my 40 two years, I have seen it vividly and personally, and I am strongly opposed to legalism on the grounds of what I know that it does negatively in the lives of other people, but I don't think legalism is really understood. What is legalism? Most people define legalism as anyone who is more strict than me, okay? That's most people's working definition of legalism. And most people think of themselves as balanced, right? I mean, how many would just say, you know, I'm really unbalanced, okay? I've never heard that. Most people think they have found the right equilibrium. They're not too far to the right. They're not too far to the left. They just got it right down the middle, and it's too bad no one else gets it. The other people, they're just worldly, and other people over here are legalist. Now, folks, let's be intellectually honest. Is that, is that honest? That's not honest thinking. It's actually arrogant thinking. And we may not actually articulate that belief, but we actually, everybody I talk to that's arguing about something, they all start on the premise that they got the right view. People who are looser than them are liberal. People who are tighter than them are legalist. Almost everybody I talk to uh, has that perspective, especially when it comes to music. I would argue that we don't have to have that. There are churches that are far better than our church who 
have a much more uh, contemporary, modern sound in all that they do. And there are churches that are far better than our church that have a more conservative sound than we do. The fact of the matter is every one of us struggles with legal, legalism. I struggle with legalism. Because legalism is the opposing force of the gospel work in my life. And so I want to just give you some points here to, to think about as we go through. Number one, legalism is righteousness or morality outside of Christ. And yes, you can be moral outside of Christ. It is anything I do that is good and upright that is not Christ doing it in me. So you can, uh, an, an, uh, a man can stay faithful to his wife even though he's not a Christian. He's keeping a law. It's a good thing that he be faithful to his wife, of course. So legalism can actually be something good. That's what I'm trying to say by using the word righteousness. It can actually be something that is good. Going to church. Today I made a case for why we ought to go to church, to, to meet God at church, right? I made that case, but we can be legalist about it because we just go and do it, but it's outside of Christ. It's outside of communion and it's outside of being driven for, uh, by communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not Christ doing it in me. My wife and I had a long talk yesterday about the, um, as we grow, we started to recognize righteousness as alien. Jesus' righteousness as alien. So that if we do something righteous, it's almost like, who was that? That, that really was Christ. That wasn't Bob. That was Christ working in me. That righteousness, that righteous response... That gentle answer, oh, that's Jesus in me, okay? That, and, and to, to, to grit my teeth and say, I'm going to do what's right and do the right thing is, is a form of legalism. Because Jesus doesn't want to share his glory with anybody. And, 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 and we need to remember that our righteousness not our sins, our righteousness is as filthy menstrual rags before God. Our righteousness, the best that I can possibly be, the best that I can possibly be, if I were uh, perfectly moral, perfectly upright, the most generous of all people, Outside of Christ, it's as a repugnant, filthy rag to God. So legalism is any kind of goodness outside of Christ. And there's a way to test that, and I don't know if I'll have the time to address that tonight, but I um, will get to it later. Le- uh, secondly, everybody, <coughs> everybody is a legalist outside of grace. Everybody. There is no such... So we tend to think of legalism as people who are stricter than we are. That's not a good definition because people who are looser than we are are also legalist. Because if they're doing any kind of morality of any kind, if they have any standard of morality, and most people do have a standard of morality. I read of a, a, a Christian man who was talking about how he often went to the adult bookstore. And he would go into the adult bookstore. As a Christian, he'd go into the adult bookstore to, to check out some pornography. And... Um, he knew it was wrong. It really bothered him. He, he was fighting against this lust and this sin and so forth. But there was a, a section in the adult bookstore that uh, included stuff that he never, ever 
would do. And, it, and he said that he was repulsed by that. That stuff just repulsed him. It was repugnant to him. He was incensed by it and, and actually felt good that he would never do that. Okay? Yet here he was in the adult bookstore. Well, we are all the same way. We all have a, a certain morality that we expect of other people, and, it's, uh, and yet we nurture our own pride and our own ignorance and our own sin, and ultimately, um, we, we are legalists. Okay? So everyone's outside of grace, you cannot be anything but a legalist. Thirdly, as we answer this question, what is legalism? There's a false dichotomy. That means making two parts, like um, between legalism and licentiousness. Often, Christians say, you know what? We need to have rules and, and, um, because we just don't want to go wild and loose and liberal and whatnot. And so the answer to that looseness and that liberal bad thing is to have some rules. And in the more conscientious circles of where I grew up, where people were trying to really be biblical about it, they would say, you know, we need to find a balance between legalism and licentiousness. We need to find, you know, we don't want to go and be legalist. That's bad. That takes away from the gospel. We certainly don't want to be licentious where everything goes. There's no restraint whatsoever. So we need to find a balance between um, legalism and licentiousness. So there's this kind of two-pronged defense uh, when, when people say you're legalist. So I grew up, and by the way, no one says they're legalist. Okay, you can go to the most legalistic group. I could go to the most legalistic person in this room, and they'd say, I'm not legalist. Okay? And usually they defend themselves in this way. I didn't put this on the screen, so listen closely. They'll defend themselves this way. Well, I'm not a legalist because I believe that man is saved by grace alone. So I'm not a legalist. But that's a a very simplistic reductionism of the problem of legalism. And it really creates a straw man that's that's easy to, to knock down. The fact of the matter is that few people are charging that legalist with a heresy that they have to work for their salvation. I don't think there's a legalist in this room that believes you have to work for your salvation, okay? So it's, it's wrong to respond to the charge of legalism that way. Ironically, many people who are that way are also committed to easy believism. I think there's some irony in there. But they don't believe in a works-based salvation, The gospel is not only about, listen closely, the gospel is not only about saving people from hell, but saving them from their sins. And this is very important. Listen again. The gospel is not only about saving people from hell, but saving people from their sins. So you can be a a non-legalist and have the right doctrine about how you get to heaven. I'm saved by grace. I'm going to heaven. That's by grace alone. I am not a legalist. Praise God. You're absolutely right. But you can be a legalist by how you save yourself from sin and from worldliness and how you try to avoid sin. You understand what I'm saying? But the good news is not only about saving people from sin, it's about saving people from, uh, excuse me, from hell, but it's about saving people from their sins. 
It is not only that grace provides a way to heaven, but that grace is the way, all the way to heaven. Did you hear what I said? It's not only that grace provides a way to heaven, but that grace is the way, all the way to heaven. This is the grace wherein we stand, Romans 5. And after Romans 5 comes Romans 6, as you might know. And it it was so shocking, Paul's teaching of grace, that he knew people would say, wow, awesome. So he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You're not preaching grace right if there's no risk of abusing it. Did you hear what I said? You're not preaching grace the right way if there's no risk of abusing it. And if you're preaching it the right way, you're going to have people in church that do abuse it. So they say, well, we're not legalists because we believe that man is saved by grace alone. But that doesn't answer the charge of legalism. Because no one wants to claim they're legalist. The other defense is the opposite. They say the opposite of legalism is licentiousness and we must live in the balance between those two. And we need to try to balance our, our, sometimes they use the word liberty. We need to balance our liberty between those two and just try not to fall into the ditch of legalism or licentiousness. But let me tell you that that is wrong. The opposite of legalism is not licentiousness. Listen closely. The opposite of legalism, the Bible clearly teaches, is liberty. Licentiousness is another form of legalism. It's creating a new law and a new morality. So all the looseness and the liberalness on one side that you might be worried about is just another form of legalism. In other words, you're looking at the opposite side of the same you when you're a legalist. Liberty is the opposite of legalism. We need to understand what liberty is. Number four, legalism is operating by a different set of rules and a different law. Conservative Christians or fundamentalists or conscientious, thoughtful Christians like we are, um, we don't have a monopoly on legalism because everybody's a legalist outside of grace. The battle is actually a battle of which poison do you pick? And oftentimes, it becomes a battle of various kinds of legalism within, within the church. But on this topic of music, legalism has, has uh, taken an unprecedented control of the minds of people when it comes to music. And there are lots of arguments that are made about music that are simply not in the Bible. And if you took the same arguments that are used about music and applied them to other areas of the life, um, you would see the fallacy of those arguments. This is a very serious matter. I have lost a number of friends over this. 
But I've lost it on the firm conviction that it's about the gospel. I have also seen, in fact, just this year I had a conversation with a number of people who were coming from a very legalistic, right-wing, fundamentalist church. And we sat with them, my wife and I, and they vehemently expressed their concerns about us and the worldliness of us. This was only maybe two years ago, maybe not even two years ago, with these people. We left that meal, and uh, uh, my wife made the comment, man, they are just stuck in their legalistic, fundamentalist ways. And I told my wife, I said, they're going to be to our extreme left in the future. They were arguing on our right like we were the, uh, the ones on the slippery slope. Already, already, not even two years later, those same people are in a church that thinks that I am, and they actually look down on me as a fuddy-duddy, narrow-brained, stuffy legalist. Already, in less than two years' time. The opposite of legalism is not licentiousness, and we've got to try and find a balance in there. It's true Christian liberty. John Murray, a wonderful theologian years ago, said this, and I put this on the screen for you. I'm going to read this slowly. I would like you to read it. It's pretty deep, but I want you to read. Many Christians today seek to impose standards of conduct and criteria of holiness that have no warrant from scriptures and that even in some cases cut athwart scripture principles, precepts, and example. The adoption of extra-scriptural rules and regulations have sometimes been made to appear very necessary and even commendable. But we must not judge according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Such impositions are an attack upon the sufficiency of Scripture and the holiness of God, believe it or not. For they subtly imply that the standard of holiness God has given us in his word is not adequate and needs to be supplemented by our additions and importations. When properly analyzed, this attitude of mind is gravely wicked. It is an invasion upon our God-given liberty just because it is an invasion upon the sufficiency of the law of God, the perfect law of liberty. Now, here's the most stunning statement of all, and I thoroughly believe this, and it's been proven in my short history over and over again. Next slide. It is, therefore, appearances to the contrary, a thoroughly antinomian frame of mind. Pause right there. What does antinomian mean? It means against law. 
this high standardism is against law. It is not an empty attack to say that the most rigid, tight, controlling, and high standard places that have all of the high standards of dress and music and all of those external things, it is not an empty and vacant attack to say that they are more ridden with immorality than other places. It is not. I grew up in that, folks. I grew up as a preacher's kid, second, third generation preacher's kid. I know the inside of that. I was in the inner circles and knew the big wigs. And, and uh, I, I have listened to the arguments and watched the people and watched the, the circumstances. And I believe the gospel has liberated me from that background. He goes on to say, It evinces a lamentable lack of jealousy for the perfection of Scripture and invariably, if not corrected and renounced, lead to an ethical looseness in the matter of express divine commands. Okay? In the words of Professor R.B. Kuyper, the man who today forbids what God allows tomorrow will allow what God forbids. I've seen it over and over again. It has to be corrected. It has to be renounced. And it leads to an ethical looseness in the matter of express divine commands. And God's commands are clear. We ought to love one another. We ought to be humble. We ought to pursue unity. We ought to pursue purity. And when we start getting worked up and emotionally incensed over things that are not in the Bible, we are going to ultimately, if not for ourselves, create an environment for other people where the real ethical demands of the law of God are loosely accepted and followed. All right, well, I hope that'll be a help to you. I know it's a help to me. We uh, thank you, thank you, Bob, for allowing me to air this. And so Bob, again, is the pastor at Redeemer Church in Fremont, California. And I'll provide a link on the website to uh, his church. You can hear more of his messages there if you're interested. So we always end with recommended resources. I wasn't able to get a hold of uh, Bob to, to get books from him. But I want to give you three books that have helped me. So number one is going to be uh, The Grace Awakening by Chuck Swindoll. That really got me thinking, and that got me out of the road of blatant legalism. I mean, again, I'm still fighting with it myself. But uh, that book was a help. And then number two, The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson is really good. I got that together for the gospel a couple years ago. And then finally, the most controversial a book on my list here, Jesus plus everything, or, or excuse me, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything by Tully and Chavidgen. I know some of you are looking, oh no, you can't use anything by Tully and Chavidgen. No, no. Tully's been a, a guest on the podcast and we're hoping to get him back on. Um, but you know, everyone want to read that book. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. All right, well, thank you very much for listening and join us back next week for another great podcast. Until then, don't, oh, don't forget, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Basic Biblecast. And Google us, look for us on Facebook, uh, our Facebook group, Basic Bible Podcast. Join the conversation there. Read, raise blogs there. All right, well, have a great rest of your week.